everybody. Welcome to Slip Angle. It's day five of the One Lap of America coverage. It's uh, 11 a.m. on the East Coast, and I'm joined by um, owner slash, uh, I don't know, crazy builder thinker of the uh, Super K S2000, which has been on the show before. Uh, this is Alex Moss, but uh, the, the Super K is now a turbocharged k24 bmw dct trans swapped time attack car uh street modified class winner slash one lap of america competitor and uh it's been a crazy week for you guys tell me how things are going today it's a well first thing is it really day five already yeah it's it's flying by um but yeah, it's going well for us. We um, haven't been able to talk uh, mostly because this car is so loud. Like, like when we tried to talk, uh, I couldn't hear anything you were saying. So uh, we have to work around the schedule a little bit and uh, work around the downtime here. So, um, so far, so good. Uh, especially in this case, it's funny because you're at the racetrack, but I too am at the racetrack. I'm up at Gingerman today. And at the moment, I'm sitting in Adam's RV recording a podcast with you. So uh, I, I didn't want to break my streak of uh, slip angle releases for one lap coverage. So I, I brought all of my stuff. I don't travel yeah. light, uh, but I hope things are going well. Uh, uh, okay, excuse me. I hope things are going well today. I haven't seen any times posted from this morning yet. Yeah, uh, it's going well today. Um, track has been damp to this point. Um, I'm not sure we call it a wet track, but certainly not a dry track. Um, Andy drove this morning. We believe he is going to be in P2 when things shake out. Behind um, Tom? So, yeah, yeah, of course, behind the new guy, um, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, uh, I, I suppose that it helps that he's like one of you guys, too, so... Not, yep. not that losing yeah. is ever easy, but, you know, it might as well be a friend of yours. Right. So the podium, as it sits right now, is uh, Tom in first place, uh, Andy and I in second, and then um, Shaky Dog, so Chris Lewis and Robert Thorne in third. And as we look at it, you know, in all the possible uh, podiums, it's not so bad. Um, obviously, <laughs> we'd like to see the TTRS up there with us. Um, but of all the possible combinations, those are all very, very good friends. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, everybody's good friends on one lap, but those are all extra good friends. Yeah. So, uh, I heard a story that you had some, uh, theatrics in Dallas, some, somehow downtown. Tell me that story. Okay. So, um, everything's going well with, so we, let me start from the start. So we've got this DCT transmission that's been on. Um, it's the second transmission that's been in our car. Um, we have not had one of these trans really truly survive uh, a lap yet. Um, so very untested. Um, we got through um, South, ha oh, not South Haven, uh, South Bend to Memphis to Dallas with no issues. Um, everything's kind of smooth sailing. Um, and then leaving the, the track at Dallas, uh, we had no forward drive. It would go into gear, but, but the car just would not move forward. So uh, about 45 minutes of um, diagnosing, we diagnosed it to a failed 
factory Honda brake switch. Uh, the switch that, that makes the brake lights turn on and off. Um, that was essentially making the GCU think we were on the brakes all the time, which would stop it from going into what's called take-up mode. Right, um, which, which is, is like the soft takeoff. Stop moving. Yeah, exactly. So we would just hold the clutches open all the time. So I uh, got that repaired um, and then headed off downtown or, or to go to um, New Orleans. Uh, where we were going after that. Um, the rumor or the, the advice we got was if you get through Dallas before four, you're going to be fine with traffic. Uh, otherwise, you want to go around. Well, this all this diagnosis stuff um, took us, so we were, we were sent down when there was traffic, which meant the GPS took us off the freeway and actually down onto Serpent Streets in Dallas. That's that's probably never what you want in a car like that. Not exactly. So we're going through downtown Dallas, and um, and it's like ninety five degrees out. Well, um, we got to we're in the middle of middle lane of like five lanes. We get to um, a traffic light, and he goes to take off, and the car stalls. Which happens every once in a while, um, but then our keypad is 100% unresponsive, and uh, we can't get the car restarted. Like, like, can't even fire the starter motor on it. So we're blocking traffic. All the uh, Dallas drivers are. They're very angry and wa- waving their guns at you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Everybody is, yeah, showing support by by waving their guns at us. Um, <laughs> They so eventually we get it restarted, move on to the next light, it does the same thing again. So then we're stuck another five, ten minutes, get it restarted, and we pull into like this art museum drop off loading zone uh, to try and work on the PDM, reconfigure the PDM so that we can start it with steering wheel buttons rather than the canvas keypad. Sorry, I'm kind of out of breath as we're trying to uh, pack everything up here. Um, so we uh we are reconfiguring everything and getting yelled at by security that you can't park here. We're like, we don't want to be parked here. Believe me, we want to go. Uh, get it all reconfigured, get back on the road, and now we're just stuck in traffic. Cars overheating, so we've got to run the heater in the car. It's 95 degrees out. Uh, that was miserable. But that's been the extent of our problem so far. So did you figure uh, out why the, the keypad was unresponsive? We think the PDM overheated. It's, it, we think it's heat-related. The only explanation that makes any sense um, is that the PDM overheated, and, and so it wasn't communicated properly on CAN. Interesting. Um, so that that's the only thing that makes some sense, but it doesn't make total sense. So well, you would, I mean, you would like expect the electronics in the PDM to be like automotive grade which should mean that they would operate at temperatures that an automobile might see. Yeah, it was really hot. So, so where the PDM is, um, is where is kind of where the heater box is, where is, which is where all the heat from the engine bay kind of vents into the cabin. So it got really hot in there um, when we were on track. Um, and, you know, in the 95-degree heat and what have you. Gotcha. So, so, uh, so that's that's kind of our best theory. 
So I want to learn more about the, uh, the the chicken feed or whatever it was that ended up in your car on the transit. Yeah. So um, we are. So we we late at night. We're driving through Louisiana um, into like this large parts of Louisiana where there's just literally nothing. We've got to have gone 20, 30 miles without seeing um, even an exit. And all of a sudden, we got to run windows down all the time, otherwise it's terribly hot. Um, all of a sudden, we're starting to get pelted with this grassy stuff. Um, and it's there's just like clouds of it hanging in the air. I got, I got. And as we drive through it, it fills the cabin, we get it all in our eyes and get hit in the face. Um, stop for gas and one of some other one lappers are there and they say oh I work in the industry this is like cattle feed or, or chicken feed it's cracked corn or something like that um, so when when we got back on the freeway um, it wasn't happening anymore so we must have been following a truck with this stuff for like 50 miles of it <laughs> shedding its load and then when we stopped, we finally got out of it. Um, but then after, so the, the car was just covered. Everything was covered in this stuff. Um, fortunately for us, we had a passenger control yesterday at Tommy's Express Car Wash. Um, and they had, they gave us free vacuums. So we vacuumed all the interior of the car. And it's kind of good as new now. Well, that's convenient. So it was super convenient. So the, uh, the passage control we have we have another passage control today at a rod shop. A what? And I'm kind of hoping that doesn't turn out to be also convenient. A rod shop, custom rod shop, like, like connecting uh, rods. Connecting rods. Yeah, I hope that you don't need that. Uh, yes. But uh, but you might right. if you followed my <laughs> advice, which is uh, if you want to start uh, closing the gap on Tom, I think it's I think you got to turn it up. Well, we'll see. We'll see where we're at. We've got um, two more two more track events. Uh, one of them is Gingerman. There is a nasty rumor going around that intestine Tom ran right around what our goal lap time is for Super K in the end. So if that ends up being true, he's probably going to be out of touch. I uh, I can we'll I cannot confirm nor deny the lap that he ran. Yeah. So anyway, we're not. We'll, we'll see where he is. Um, but uh, he's talking to me now, and I can't quite hear what he's saying. But I think it's it's like if you don't beat Tom, you're fired. <laughs> well, I thought he worked for you. No, I kind of work for him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, uh, nobody knows what the arrangement is. So, uh, if you compare your experience this year as the car is currently set up, how to how is it different from years prior? Like, just in terms uh, of the drive and the, the the transits and things like that, how livable is it compared to last year and the year before? Uh, so, I've, we only did this in 2019. Obviously, what, there was no one lap. Oh, that's year. right. The car overall is less comfortable and less livable than it was then. Um, we have only heat now all the time, and it's just whether you want a little bit of heat or all the heat. Um, and and the days are a lot hotter this time around than they were last time when we were packing blankets because we had no heat. Right. Uh, but the car is quieter this time around than it was last time. Which is hard to believe so. because when I did call you for, for about 60 seconds, um, 
you said that you could barely hear me, and I could almost certainly not hear you. So uh, it's pretty loud in there. It's pretty loud, but it's as surprising it was. So uh, what about with with all the arrow has has transit driving been difficult? I think you've had a uh, some encounters with turtle shells. Yeah. So we, um, Andy and I, uh, also go and do some endurance racing with the shaky dog team. Um, and if anybody knows shaky dog team, they know that as Robert Thorne and Chris Lewis, uh, that's not entirely true. Uh, they are just hired guns for the shaky dog team. Um, who are all on borrowed time. Uh, Tina Lewis, Chris's wife is a real boss. Uh, and she has the ability to hire and fire anybody she wants. Um, anyway, she she's supposedly has this history of picking who's going to win one lap, including picking Brandon and Micaiah the year they won it. Interesting. Well, she, she picked uh, us to win in 2020, which didn't happen. So presumably that carries over. That, well, she didn't really pick us. She picked Dan to win. Um, well, after about two days... Maybe yeah, I think it was day one or day two. Uh, she started. She texted Andy and said, "Sorry, Andy, I don't pick you anymore. I've got to go with. I got to go with Chris and and Thorne. So we think that she's out there basically throwing total shells at us because those guys are chasing us, and she wants to wants to you know the Mario Kart green shells. Oh yeah, because yeah, because she's hit us three times now in these transits. Um, has has all of the the hardware been okay? Like, or is are things damaged? No, it's mostly okay. I mean, little uh, trans temp sensor got bent up a little bit uh, from one of them that went under. Uh, car smells of, of turtle soup. <laughs> um, and the splitter has taken some damage. Um, not sure. I don't think that was from turtles. I think I think that was from previous offs and things like that. Uh, this is our old splitter. That's. I mean, it's not sacrificial like we're trying to t- tear it up, but... We know it could get torn up on the strip, so we're running the old one, not the new one. I wonder, um, you guys probably aren't paying attention, but with all the aero that you have configured on the car, how do you think that affects the uh, that affects the highway range on the car? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're pulling a 1,500-pound trailer. I think that probably has more to do with it than the aero. 1,500 pounds? Um, that's kind of what we, I mean, we've got full Milwaukee Packout kit here. We carry 10, 24, 27 gallons of fuel, spare wheel and tire. Um, the entire Milwaukee uh, M12 and M18 range of tools, socket sets, torque wrenches, jack stands, jack. Uh, what about uh, what about spare parts? Not too many spare parts. Um, we've got a clutch cover. We didn't bring a whole trans, just a clutch cover, which was the, the thing we broke at Barber. Um, so we have that, and that's and, and probably a few things here and there. Brake pads. Well, if if you didn't bring uh, a whole bunch of spares, what on earth do you need all those tools for? Uh, well, spares we can find. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Time. Fixing stuff. I mean, we've got spare turbo here. We've got a spare alternator. We, I mean, we have spares. Just nothing, not nothing like, big. No engines, no trans. No engines, no trans. Nothing like that. Uh, yeah. And I assume that you probably don't need a spare diff because the four eight eight is sturdy. Uh, hopefully. Well, I mean, it's all it's all hopefully, right? Well, it seems like it's working okay right <laughs> you now. You don't need. 
Yeah, you don't need it until you hit a turtle and break it. <laughs> That's awful. She needs she needs to start she needs to start sending some red shells after us rather than these green shells. Well, or or maybe throwing some shells at Tom. Yeah, she won't throw shells at Tom. Everybody loves Tom. That's true. She probably doesn't even know who Tom is yet, and still loves Tom. Yeah, probably. Well, uh, I will let you get back to Tom, packing. Tom's, Tom's sitting there just smiling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you get back to packing. It's been great having you on the show, and uh, I hope that we get to check in with you again, and then we can talk more about your podium finish with Super K. That would be amazing. Um, that's looking a long way ahead yet. We oh, yeah. Halfway there, but still only halfway there. Yep. Um, we've done over 2,000 miles on this trans. It's actually funny. We we pulled through Birmingham last night and picked up the 85 and met Zach there and drove right by the exit for Barber, which, as you know, we go to Barber every year to test. Uh, and it just kind of dawned on me that, that essentially what we've done is driven to driven the car to barber like like if we went to a track day at barber and said yeah let's just drive super k down there rather than towing it how bizarre is that but that's essentially what we've done well i mean yeah it it was weird it just kind of dawned on me kudos for having a setup that can make it this far well that's that's okay uh yeah that's from having an andy uh it sounds like we gotta go all right talk to you later buddy Bye. Hey man, what's going on? We're at uh, Taco Track Day. Whew, taco Test Day for me. This thing is my car's my car's fighting me. You but. got a you got a smoky turd out there, but freaking fast <laughs> feels real good in a straight line i'm real stoked about that that's awesome um yeah it feels real good but i'm fight so i put this fancy new oil pan on and i'm fighting um like at coda i was fighting starving left-handers it was uh i only did like a lap or two and uh and it was lean but the starve was the biggest problem um and i put this pimp pan on uh it doesn't have trap doors but it's a full baffle around the sump pickup you know okay um so it should be like fine. Other road racers use the pan, um, and it's not fine. It's like fine for the first lap, warm up lap. It's fine. You push as hard as you want, um, and you start, the harder I beat the car, the more it starts starving. And then I, I figured something out. So me and Mikey were playing with the tune a little bit because the temperature's a little different now than it was when I dynoed it. Um, and I feel like man, I've been in the sun too long today. <laughs> but, um, face is hot. Um, I figured something out last session. I was like, I was getting after it with the car. And the new 510s, by the way, are sick. Dude, they're so good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's stupid. The whiteners were really good. The 510s are really, really good. Like, they're really good. They're, I'm really stoked about it. I like the new spring rates. They're a little bit stiffer than the uh, whiteners. Um, but it started getting to the point where really hard braking, I could see a little bit of oil starve. Right-handers and left-handers, I could see a little bit of oil starving. Previous was just left-handers because that's the that's where it would go away from the sump and the oil pan, sure. oil pickup because it's on the driver's side of the motor. Um, so it got me like baffled. Like it's got a six-quart pan now with a full baffle and like literally baffled. Um, so I'm confused. And then I'm talking to Mikey and we're playing with air fuels a little bit because I want to at least get that dialed right. Um, and then I'm like, 
why is it put the harder I go, the more it's pushing oil also. And then it's in braking and in right handers also, and it's like I'll bet all the oil's trapped up in the head. Because it's a hybrid motor and back twelve years ago when I built it, I had no idea that I needed to look at I was drag racing it, you know, doing twelve second runs, right? I had no idea I needed to look at the oil drain back passages. Sure. And I bet they don't match up. Probably. Like they match up a little. Not enough. But maybe not enough. Um, and I'm also thinking maybe it doesn't have the restrictor to the head that it needs. So that you're getting too much oil so I'm up getting there. too much oil up there. Um, but things like great oil pressure. And it's keeping oil clean. It's not dropping to zero. It gets to like 25. So I know it's like it's aerating the oil. It's sucking part air, but not all air. Sure. Um, and... Uh, Dude, it's it's like I'm really sold on the power plant. I'm really sold on like the the power band. Like I love it. I just gotta I gotta finish it, you know. And I gotta f- get all the way through the development process of this motor. Um, so I think before Blackhawk, or like this week, I have my next motor on the stand, and I can compare the oil passages so I can know if they're lined up, and maybe they're just in it, straight up inadequate because maybe I'm doubling the oil pressure into the head that I need to. Um, so how bef- will you? How will you be able to know how much oil you need versus how much you're getting? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't remember. See, the Hondas on the main head oil feed typically have a restrictor, and I don't know if I have a restrictor in there. I have no idea because um, I built it 12 years ago, and it's just junkyard parts. Um, I don't know if I have that. And uh, I'm also thinking that one thing I could do without pulling the whole thing apart because I really before I put a new motor in or like do major invasiveness in this motor – I want to figure out the oil solution, like the the slosh. Maybe before Blackhawk, I drill and tap the head in the front corners and do a full external drain back straight to the pan. Okay. The pan's got a got a, a, a NPT port front and back that I Perfect. can do that with. So, like, I wouldn't even have to pull the pan off. Um, so I think that's my next solution is just try to get oil out of the head. Uh, I'm thinking maybe I pull the head before Blackhawk also uh, and see if it's got a restrictor in it. Uh-huh. Uh, I have another head gasket uh, on the shelf, so I, c- I could put it right back together um, and then just buy another another head gasket for the next motor. But, dude, in a straight line, it's a freaking Rips. ripper, dude. Like, it's so much faster than any other engine I've ever had in this car or in my CRX, like a straight line. It's totally got uh, 38s, 39s in it. If I can drive it on good tires. It's so fast in a straight line, and it handles so well. Well, that, I guess that surprises me because it was supercharged last year, right. and it should have been plenty fast. Well, it ran like 42s on like AR1s. You know, it was close. But the power band wasn't that great. It was like meaty, uh, but it fell on its face up top. Got like it. It wasn't that, wasn't that dude, this thing rips out of corners because it's got 50 more foot-pounds than it did with the with supercharger. Yeah. So, And it's got... 70 more foot-pounds than it did um, NA, the D15, so um, with a similar horsepower level. It's 180 foot-pounds. freaking screams out of the corner. Like It's That's such wild. a good power bin, so, uh, so encouraging, at least. You know. uh, this is day five of one-lap coverage. Right. Over the lunch hour, I called Alex Moss, right. and uh, at the time, things were running great for them, and um, he was marveling that uh, with the amount of miles that he's driven right. that car at this event so far, it will have effectively been driving Super K from where he lives to Barber, mm-hmm. which, like, 
it took him a second last night thinking about it. That's like mind blowing. That's a lot. That's like, a lot. Uh, is uh, I heard that the second sessions at AMP got canceled for sound. I. That's what he was saying this morning. He right. was unsure if that was true or not. Uh, Robbie Veerhout, in another chat that I'm in, um, I saw he said that uh, that they booted him. So well, that's because uh, so many cars broke sound. That well, they, that's not a surprising right. problem. Like I, I don't know how that wasn't dealt with prior. Right. Well, cars didn't know how loud they were until they get there. But they're all like all the cars at the front are five, six, seven hundred horsepower. They're all loud. Yeah, and they. Even with factory, factory mufflers, they're going to be real loud. A GT2 RS is a loud car. Right. Um, I hope everybody at least got their their laps in, you know. like it didn't So I, I did look. The scores from this morning, um, Tom was in first right. again, and Super K was again in second. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was talking with him on the show a little bit, um, uh, that car, everything on it is dialed. Right. I mean, the, the grip is dialed. The arrow's dialed. It, like, things seem to be working. Right. The only way to close the gap to add Tom even a little is to turn up the power. That's it. Yeah. And or to have Tom break on accident. Yeah. And right. and right now they are Which you never wish on anybody. In the in their turbo setup currently, I think they're like four twenty five yeah. wheel. Yeah. Which um that stock K series motor can make more, but it's at the expense of reliability always. Yeah, so. yeah I mean it's time bomb anytime. Yep. It could, it could blow up anytime. So uh, they may, I mean, they may take the conservative route and just hope for second, mm-hmm. um, because the gap is 105 points now. What uh, about P2 to P3? Um, they were real close the other day. Let me look. Um, did you did you get a chance to talk to Scott and Becky? Uh, I didn't call them yet. Maybe we should do that like yeah, love right to. now. I'd love to. Uh, um, I want to hear how Becky uh, did in the rain at NOLA. I heard she did well. Do you have headphones? Uh, yeah. I brought some as well. We got to plug you in okay, because you won't be able to hear the conversation. You got a, a, a small USB or a small. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, the gap from two to three. Uh, is, Shaky Dog is thirty-seven twenty-five, and Super K is thirty-seven sixty. It's pretty close. So thirty-five points. Still pretty close. That could that could change on a wet skid pad easy. Right, right. Or any event where Super K has a mechanical where they finish yeah. P fifteen. Right. Or or DNF it. Yep. Yeah. So if you DNF, do you? Is it yours not disqualified? You just lose. You the get potential. zero. Yeah, you lose the potential to have those points, right? Yep. And so if you DNF in in an event with three hundred and sixty points possible, getting zero is hard. If your competition is getting thirty, you know, three hundred sixty, right, is that's changes bad. everything. Yeah. Changes everything. Interesting. So, um, tight race for sure uh, for P two through five, I think. Okay. Uh, message Scott at all? Or? You should do that right now. Um, the I can call him real quick. the GT five hundred team is thirty five twenty, so a hundred point gap. So it really it looks like practically people are just battling for the podium. Yeah. Um, good battle for fifth place between Chris Mayfield and Andy Hollis. Hey, hold on just a second, okay? Yeah. How's this sound? Probably uh, not great. Probably not great. Hold on. Plus, if I talk, he can't hear me. Right, right. I'm just going to tell him. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, do you have the ability to talk in a few minutes or no? Yeah. Or, like an hour drive to our, uh, okay. How's this look on the levels, Abe? Hey, Scott. Scott, keep talking. Okay. I'm talking. Talking yeah. loudly. 
can you hear it or no? You want to pipe him in regular or no? Uh, we're, we're, we're at the track. We're trying to figure out the best way to record you. Hang on a minute. Um, you want to call him back or no? Yeah, let's go. All right, we'll, we'll call you right back. All right, you still recording? You can. Keep it on. We're uh, I can... figuring some stuff out here. Be right back. Welcome hey, back to uh, day five of the one lap coverage on the Slip Angle podcast. This morning we did a show with Alex Moss and Super K, and that's the first time we've had a chance to talk to him this week uh, because his car is uh, very loud and obnoxious. Um, we've got another competitor, uh, Scott Robertson and, uh, Becky Burton, who've been on the show before, uh, this week as well. But, um, their car is also loud and obnoxious. And the last time that we talked to you, you had made the decision to drive to Oklahoma to pick up some wheel bearings or hubs or something. Uh, what, what all has happened since then? Because that seems like forever ago. Yeah. Uh, things have happened. Um, good, good and sideways, but, uh, this has been a really hard week. Um, you know, I think the last time we said it, Becky at the quote, that don't bring a race car to the one lap, and, uh, only on Tuesday did we realize that we were those people. Yeah, you are. You're the most yeah. race car on the, uh, besides, besides Super K, maybe? Like, I think you yeah. actually are more race car than they are, but. Yeah, I, yeah, we're, I mean, we're right in there. They definitely have a side exit fender exhaust, but other than that, yeah. they have carpet. But uh, yeah, they do have carpet and a dash. Right. So good for them. Um, yeah. So we hold on. Pass um, So after we made the team decision to drive an extra two hours to get the uh, wheel bearing and front hub from Christopher Lewis's race car. And Robert Thorne's race car, they actually took it off their car that was at their shop and had it waiting for us. Uh, next morning, it, I know, it's the best people. Um, we went to Eagles Canyon. We got it installed, and it was delightful. Don't have to worry about that or even think about it anymore. And um, we filled up the tank before we went in with 91 octane because it's Texas, and uh, totally didn't think that the track would have race gas, so first session out, we're definitely down on power, um, and the track was low on grip, I would say. Uh, our car wanted to push everywhere, but we had a, a good performance in the pack. We actually placed 32nd uh, for a track that still likes power. And, uh, and your first we time there. Looking, yeah, first time there. And we started having the conversation that we do still think that we're the lowest horsepower car in the paddock. Really? Um, yeah. Which is crazy because we doubled our horsepower from the BP. Can you imagine if you still have the 1.8? <laughs> uh, it's so slow. It's so slow. Yeah. Um, like Eagles Canyon is great. I mean, a lot of elevation. A lot of tricky local knowledge uh, would help you go really fast there. Yeah, Chris Sullivan said it was gorgeous, too. Um, yeah. And, like, Hot. really nice place. Um, and they also have these um, fabric covering grid that Jim Trubin needs to get on board with. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. 
to be able to park in the shade before you went out. That would be nice. So, um, probably did great first time out. In fact, he nailed the tire pressures. Um, so, we were having high and low speed push. So, we sipped the rear sway bar and took out our gurneys, all the gurneys on our wing, and uh, went out. It definitely helped. And uh, we were able to go faster in the afternoon, which sometimes can be really hard because the track gets really hot and crazy. Um, but we went faster and were able to place 30th in that one. Wow. We were pretty pretty excited to have that really good day after a day of, after many days of nonsense. Yeah, stress and nonsense. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if anything happened after that. I don't even know what the day is. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so we go from day four and day five are when you really like lose track of who you are and where you are in the country. Um, so we went from Eagle Standing in Texas to New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, just a long drive. Um, no real, all the roads, that's right, thank you for reminding me. The roads in Louisiana suck. <laughs> they're built on swamps, just like Nola. They're, they're terrible. Yeah. Um, and in our car, like the transit, you just can't rest very well. No. The transits are work. It's hot, it's loud, it's uncomfortable. It's just, it's really hard to even go to sleep sometimes. Uh, but we got in, uh, we saddled up for NOLA, which was Becky's event. So um, real quick, we're going to swap headphones, and I'm going to let her tell her own story. Nice. I just I just played crew chief this time, and she uh, just, I played crew chief, and she got to play driver. So hold on a hot second. Hello. Hey, Becky. Can you hear me okay? Hi. Yeah, you're. Uh, you're. Are you driving right now, or is Scott? Scott's driving. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. How was Nola? You uh, sound like you had a wet track to to begin with. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be dry, but then a big thunderstorm rolled in. Uh, right when like the middle of the field was going, uh, they actually had to stop everything for about half an hour and restarted the session once it stopped thunder and lightning. Um, so. But some of the middle of the pack got a really wet track. But then the sunshine came out and it started to dry out. So by the time that I went out, the surface was dry, but there were just a lot of puddles, big puddles. Yeah, that place holds puddles for like days. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was a little nervous about that, but I got some good advice from Tom about what the wet line was probably going to be like. And just went out there anyway. I, I found some people that. Um, that I felt comfortable going in their rent groups that have been really encouraging for me. So this is my first time actually competing on a track in the one lap. Um, and I passed the Corvette. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, and I think I did pretty well. I think I placed 51st. Uh, and then afternoon was completely dry, and it turns out everybody's a lot faster in the dry. So... I didn't do so great in the morning. I was just kind of lost in the gearing. Didn't know what gear I was in or what gear I was going to. So 
Um, so I only finished ahead of a few people in the afternoon, but really just glad that I took the opportunity and was able to, to drive in one lap and kind of a big. It's just, it's such a different challenge than like going to a track day or, or even competing in a time attack. The That high stakes environment of the standing start and the three hot laps and they all count is 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 an experience. Yeah, definitely not a lot of time to get comfortable with the clock. Fortunately, I had driven a session when we were there for Grid Life in November. So I had a little bit of driving in the track, but I just don't have much seat time in general. So... It's a fast track, too, and real flowing, but pretty fun to drive, so at least you got to have a good time. That uh, that was a good choice, I think, for track. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, are you driving at Gingerman also, or no? Yep, we'll be driving at Gingerman, so. Nice. Nice, and you've Looking got. Looking forward to that. I'm a little more comfortable with that track. With Gingerman? Yeah. Uh, all you got to remember to do is not go in the grass. Just keep it on the blacktop. You'll be fine. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, we're we're here right now. Actually, we've uh, we got a track day going on, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like home. So at least you'll be home a little bit, right? Yeah, we'll be comfortable to be there. Right. Um, how was uh, how was uh, the drive from NOLA to, um, that was NOLA to Atlanta, right? Yeah, that was a, a long drive to begin with. Uh, we had our passage control at Tommy Express. So we were looking forward to that. You know, they're one of our big sponsors. So it was good to see everybody there and see all the, the cars going through the wash. And they took really good care of us there. So it added a lot of time to our, our transit to... We stopped, when we stopped before we even got there, uh, one of the SDIs blew up in the transit. We stopped to check on them. Sounds like uh, it sounds like a Subaru problem. Yeah. Right, right before we started this podcast today, uh, Subaru blew up on track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, we stopped to check in on them. Uh, then we were, we were at the last car to leave the Tommy's Express. Um, and then this huge storm rolled in, like tornado warning, terrible. The radar was like dark red. Uh, so we had to, we're trying to make time on that as much as we could, but we had to pull over our everything filter was stuffed with water. We had to do a little bit of uh, modifying to get that in a different spot where we could keep going. Jeez. So that was just, that was an adventure. We didn't get in until about 4 a.m. Yeah, Scott, uh, Scott and I were texting late last night, and uh, I was hearing the harrowing tales of the weather and your drive. It didn't seem like the best one, but... Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's part of the one lap. You never know what's going to happen, whether it's something with your car or something crazy like that. It's just everybody goes through it. Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to, uh, to Mooncake, the Mazda 2 next year? <laughs> Yes, very uh, much so. I'll bet you are. Think of, we we think, love the Miata, but it's, it's, we're looking forward to that. Think of how relaxed you'll be when you get to the track, right? Yeah, we won't have anything to do. Yeah, well, unless that starts breaking. Everything can break. Yeah. Um, how, was, uh, but, how was AMP today? Oh, uh, well, I'll pass you back over to Scott. I'll let him talk about that. Cool.
Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, man. You, uh, you drove AMP today? That track, I'm not going to earn your explicit rating for you, but that track, my favorite track I've ever driven, hands down. Dude, it, um, I drove it one day, and it was like, I, I daydream about that track at least once a week. Okay. It's a GLTC. Like, GLTC cars are the fastest I'd want to go there. Because, like, yes. it's a it's such a gnarly place, man. It's so good. Yeah, that's, and I think that's part of why we did so well there this morning. Um, I know Tom, Tom was struggling to get the power down there because there are really straightaways. It's all turning. Right. It's a machine gun. It's like an autocross course up about 30 miles an hour. So. Yeah, and the elevation is huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, so Adam, like, you drove pallet, but with tons more elevation and right. better put together with better. Awesome. The dip, the dip before the last uh, big sweeper, you know. Oh, it's so good too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, I moved the apex sign that they have there a little bit. Yeah. I turned it just a little early, but it's one of those things that the Toyota team who tested their lot, they're like. Really fine. As long as you hit the apex, you're fine. I didn't want to open up the wheel, so I just kept it, and I it was moved just a little bit next lap around. It's fine. It's fine. So, Adam, uh, you drove at Shenandoah, I think, when we were there a couple of years ago. How does how does Shenandoah compare to AMP? Because they're both kind of autocross like. Um, Yeah, I need I need to know this. AMP uh, is. It uh, it's like a machine gun autocross, but it flows together really well. Yeah. Um, Shenandoah doesn't flow together really well. Like, sure. It's uh, it's like a bunch of cool turns from a bunch of tracks around the world that like like somebody jigsaw puzzled into one track and they're like, eh, that kind of works. <laughs> but, yeah. but AMP like uh, a lot of turning, like not that hard on brakes, but uh, you need to have enough. Um, and like only like what three hard braking zones. Uh, let's see. One, two, maybe. Like, yeah. really only two that I can think of. Yeah, like, two, like two, two and a half, maybe. I was probably overslowing someplace else, but uh, yeah. it, uh, dude, it's so fun. And the big sweeper, like, oh, it's so good. It's so yeah, good. And, it's, and as long as you, as long as I could hit that um, right, I mean, that was flat. Oh, yeah, it was easily. so great. That place is just a hoot in a car like We yours. did almost see the one of the GT500 driven by a professional race car driver. Um, almost red flag his first hot lap. Really? Coming onto that main front straightaway, if you want to call it that, in front of pits. Right. Got all four off onto that extra bit that they put on there. Oh, wow. Bring it back on track sideways tank slapped the other way, brought it back just in time to hit the brakes. Jeez. We, we all were pretty confident that that car was going to be pinned. Yeah, and that, it was that wall's right there, too. Terrifying. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. So. That's good. All's well that ends yeah. well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we finished 23rd. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, we finished 23rd this morning, and um, you were there was more time, and I'm actually a little, I don't, I don't want to share in controversy, I'm just irritated because 
I really wanted to run that track again, and it really favored our car. Right. Um, but the uh, there were quite a few cars that were not within even one lap standards for how noisy your car should be. Right. And so they were blowing sound all morning. Right. And the staff talked to Brock about it. He said the staff actually was way nicer than they could have been, and they let us finish the, the full morning session. And then they told you to GTFO. <laughs> well, apparently they they were considering letting us run the afternoon, uh, but Brock wanted to keep the relationship good, right? Uh, because they were they were going to get fined for what happened that morning. It was that loud. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and, and it was overcast. I mean, everything was. We've got some loud cars on this. Trip. Yeah, yeah, it was. Everything was against you, huh? Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, it kind of sucks that your car was really good there and you couldn't run again. But, man, at least you got to experience that track. This track is yeah. so cool, dude. It is so good. And it's I, gorgeous, too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like Blackhawks scenery with rolling hills. Right. And a track that was just really, I don't know, I just loved it. I yeah, love it. I really enjoy that place. So. And the uh, food truck was good, too. The, uh, now you're heading to what, uh, uh, Linear? I uh, just got done there, actually. Oh, really? How'd you do there? Uh, hilarious good one. Um, I'm really glad the one lap brought back an event like this that you can't really prepare for. Like, the cars that are on the one lap, they don't, can't really go to their local oval and just do testing. Because that's not something that these cars do. Right. So it's a heavily banked three-eighths mile paved oval. And where you enter is ground level and the track is dug into the ground. And it's about a 30-foot drop to the middle. Oh, yeah, it's deep down there. We, I, we, used, to, where, we used to go look at it when we were there for Road Atlanta because it's right across the street. So. Yeah. And that's where Chris went. Chris went all the way to the inside to get pictures. Yeah, that's um, a good spot. And we were good buddies with the uh, Toyota manufacturing engineers. And uh, a lot of them have run dirt in the past, so they gave us some setup advice. And we ended up 26. Nice. I think 26 of that. And basically, found out you don't have to break in a Miata. You, um, you just lift, you let gravity in the bank and do the work. Nice. I mean, it is, it's creepy because, like, there's stuff to hit there, so. Oh, yeah, there's, um, wall, there's like, a wall everywhere around the outside. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the closing speed when you're coming up to it, I mean, you're, you're going into it 20, 30 miles an hour at least. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an experience. So, basically, they let us do a grudge match style where we could just point to somebody and run with them. They only let two cars out at a time. So uh, I pointed to Toyota's 86 because, you know, we're both small, real-wheel drive, um, arrow. So uh, I know we got him, but yeah, um, nailed the setup and um, onto passage control where we will stop for the briefest of moments and then soldier on to uh, Summer Point. You're, uh, you're on Summer Point, Maine, right? 
Yeah, Summit Point morning and afternoon. Uh, Brock, the last time they went there and did Shenandoah, they they wanted up a few cars, and he's not. He doesn't want to do that again. Yeah, Shenandoah is uh, gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. Yeah. Go take a look at it though when you're there if you can. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to. Chris, uh, Chris wants to shoot some rollers while we're around that area. Right. Well, uh, we we don't want to keep you too long, but it's been great hearing how things have been going, and uh, it's always good to hear from you. And we yeah, hope you, you have too. a very safe trip on your way up to Summit Point. Thank you. We hope that too. It's just want to thank everybody again for just like all the messages and support, and this this by far has been our hardest one lap issue and everything leading up to it. And um, the car itself has really performed well, and it's, it's been necessary and just really encouraging. So thank you, everybody. Love it, man. Uh, real proud of you guys that you did it uh, and, you're, and you're doing it. So. Yeah, we're, we're proud, and we're going to sleep for like a week when we get back. Oh, it's going to be the best. Yeah. I want like I, I'm tired for you. That's how wimpy I am. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think my body's realized the, the way I described how much sleep we got last night is when I got back in the car and started it up, the coolant and the oil temperature were not down to ambient yet. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's not much. Go. Nope. Uh well uh how long is your drive tonight? Um, uh, a great question. Seems I like it's, it's a hike. Something, yeah, it's something like six hours uh, from <laughs> the passage control. That's um, so dumb. So, really, uh, we've got our media team behind us, Chris Sullivan and Steve Secor, and um, they're, they're their big, comfy, air-conditioned Yukon. Uh, but, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be making some tracks tonight. If we get in before midnight, that would be fantastic. That basically gets us six hours. Right. Which uh, is huge. Well, if, uh, if you're falling asleep, uh, give us a call. Maybe we'll be awake. We'll do a podcast while you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might need to do that. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't, drive, uh, don't drive tired, man. No, no we, we tried to do a good job of switching off and... Um, uh, trusting that the driver, if they need to switch, that they will speak up. Uh, that was one of the best pieces of advice we got from Brock our first year is trust your driver. The driver, you have to um, know what you need because if you're driving tired, you're scary. Yeah. Your pastor is not going to sleep and they're going to be tired. Right. Um, well, we got to trust each other. This is uh, this is like old hat for you guys now, three years in. So. Yeah, it's hard to see yet, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that first control, air-conditioned, quiet V-spec life next year. Oh, it's going to be so delightful, dude. I, I don't think we're going to know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> well, uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. Drive safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So that wraps up coverage from One Lap of America, day five. Five? That's uh, a lot of got days. Got Adam on the show today, but I had to meet him in person in order to be able to do it. <laughs> it's been a busy couple of days. Come on. Um, 
we hope that you guys are enjoying this and are learning about OneLap if you haven't heard of it already. Um, both Adam and I think it's an extraordinary event. And, uh, it makes me tired just hearing these stories. Dude, like so tired. <laughs> it, it's, it's an amazing experience. I believe it. And uh, you know that's coming from people that run an event or right. run, run a series of events. Run even. wild events, too. It's, it's just something so unique and so completely different that it's, if it's not something, if you're, if you're on track and you like to drive, if you're not thinking about doing one lap, I think you definitely should. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to do it in an RV chasing friends in a race car. That also sounds fun. <laughs> That's kind of so fun. <laughs> um, but we want to we want to thank the the Patreons and uh, for their continued support. You guys have been amazing. Um, and to thank the folks at FCP Euro, where every part you buy is guaranteed for life. Mm-hmm. And some of our racers uh, use regularly. I think even Scott Robertson uses yeah, for, FCP Euro. He, Euro he's parts. gotten a couple of drive-by wire throttle bodies. <laughs> Um, and then finally by apex pro, uh, we're going to be releasing some content with them. I think very soon that talks about some improved hardware and things that they're working on and really awesome new features in the, the software and hardware. So, uh, we love those guys and I, I, I use the apex pro to year today. Yep. So did I. Some rad, uh, rad companies to work with. We we love that they uh, want to hang out with us and want us to talk about them, and we only talk about them because we think they are good. So, uh, thanks everybody. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the pits of Grid Life to say hello. 